Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Joshua assisting me today. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson will be called Spiritual Maturation, brothers and sisters. Spiritual Maturation. Today, we, we will be developing our powers of perception, brothers and sisters. Perception is all about seeing beyond the outward exterior. It's seeing beyond what one is presented with, brothers and sisters. We're dealing with the power of perception. We're going to show how our self-awareness or lack thereof can lead to spiritual bondage, brothers and sisters. Spiritual maturation. We're going to start in Isaiah 28 and 9. Isaiah 28, verse 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. It says, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine, brothers and sisters? So examine that. Those who have been following our church for a period of time <clears throat> quite frequently hear us use that term doctrine. What is doctrine? Doctrine is guidelines, instruction, brothers and sisters, a foundation, brothers and sisters. So doctrine is what separates one teacher or church from another. So you had Pharisees who had a doctrine, Sadducees that had a doctrine, Essenes who had a doctrine, Nicolaitans who had a doctrine. You had the apostles of Christ who had a doctrine. Doctrine comes after the milk. Let's prove that. Read that one more time, brother. Isaiah 28, verse 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Now, what is the milk, brothers and sisters? The milk is for babies. The milk is what? Moses, the law, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, brothers and sisters, where it goes into detail about dietary laws, what to eat, <clears throat> what to wear, what to celebrate or what not to celebrate. It goes into detail as it pertains to sexual intercourse and the guidelines or stipulations for that. So that's the milk, brothers and sisters. That's the first thing you learn, brothers and sisters, is, okay, how do I please my God? What laws am I supposed to follow and what should I stay away from? So once you have that down path, you go into doctrine, brothers and sisters. Christ had a doctrine. The Bible has a doctrine. You have many churches and many teachers who are just dealing with do this, do that, do this. Where, why are you not wearing this? Why are you not wearing that? And listen, that's for babies. That's for babies. We're not saying it's, it's bad. Milk is good. But at some point, you have to go past the milk and understand doctrine, brothers and sisters. If you're going to choose a church to listen to, you must find their doctrine first. And that's what I tell young brothers and sisters. Awesome. Because why? The Bible tell you that in the latter days, people would have itching ears looking to us. Uh, to hear any teacher they can find or any church that they can find disregarding the doctrine. The doctrine is key. The doctrine is critical, brothers and sisters, because this is what separated Christ from Pharisees and Sadducees. These were all Israelites, but they had a different doctrine. Read 9 again, brother. Isaiah 28, verse 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And, and, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Right, drawn from the breast. Who deals with milk? Babies, brothers and sisters. So when you see these churches or these Israelites, these brothers out there, who the only thing they're talking about 
It's law, 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 law. Understand you're dealing with a baby, brothers and sisters. And that's okay. That's okay, brothers and sisters. We all <laughs> were babies at one time. But understand the higher level of knowledge, the doctrine is not there. Anytime you start hearing Moses, 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 and not Christ, understand you're dealing with a baby. Christ brought a doctrine that separated all Israelites, brothers and sisters. So today will be a doctrinal lesson, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Hebrews 5 and 13. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. To what? To the New Testament. We're going to the New Testament, brothers and sisters. We're going to read Hebrews 5 and 13. Hebrews 5, verse 13. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Read that again. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. He is what? He is a babe. Brothers and sisters, the milk means the basics, the elementary teachings, brothers and sisters. So everyone that just used milk is unskillful with the word of righteousness. And that's okay. It's okay to be a baby, brothers and sisters. But at some point, you must move past the milk. Read that one more time, brother. Hebrews 5, verse 13. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, but strong meat belongeth to them that are full of age. Read that again. Verse 14, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Strong meat belong to them that are of full age. Meat means the deeper, more complete teachings of the Most High, brothers and sisters. So you have the milk which is for the babies, and then you have the strong meat for those who are full age. Read that one more time, brother. Hebrews 5, verse 13. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of using, even those who by reason use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Read 14 one more time, brother. Verse 14. But strong meat belonging to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. That's the key. Exercise to discern both good and evil, brothers and sisters. Now what? That meat is doctrine, brothers and sisters. This will be a doctrinal lesson. You must understand doctrine in order to discern both good and evil. Anybody can just see some laws in Leviticus and say, these are do's and don'ts. Anybody can see that. That's for a child, brothers and sisters. But the deeper understanding, the mysteries, the meat belong to them that are of full age. We're going to go into meat today, brothers and sisters. Now, I want to push this point home. We're not trying to, you know, somebody who's just dealing with the law, there's no problem with that, brothers and sisters. We're not trying to excoriate somebody who's still dealing with milk. Because why? The principle of building a foundation of the simpler concepts first is practicing all secular education, brothers and sisters. But understand, you're dealing with a baby. If that's the only thing that they're pointing to is law, 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 law. There's a higher level. There's strong meat, brothers and sisters, but you must first get the milk. You must get the milk first, brothers and sisters. You're not going to give a newborn infant a steak. So first you do what? You learn the law. You learn the law first. Then you go up to the higher levels of knowledge. And that's what we're going to deal with today. 
Now, many people, brothers and sisters, may not be able to fully grasp what we're going into today because they're still milk. They're still on milk. They're still babies. And that's okay, brothers and sisters. But those who are more mature, those who've been in the truth, who've got the milk down, will be able to utilize what we're going to go through today to do what? To mature spiritually and grow closer to the Most High God, brothers and sisters. That's what today's lesson will be about. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. We're going to stay in the New Testament, brothers and sisters. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. See? So, brothers and sisters, the law, which is good. I want to be clear. The law is good, but it's milk, brothers and sisters. So, learning doctrine is a sign of coming into full age, brothers and sisters. Okay? So what we're going into is doctrinal, brothers and sisters. This is what will separate those who are still dealing with milk, those who are dealing in a pharisaical spirit with those who are of of full age, more mature, able to process what? Meat. Read that one more time, brother. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So, brothers and sisters, today, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the differences in the law of Moses and the fulfillment of the law that came through Christ. We're talking about what? The letter of the law versus the spirit of the law, brothers and sisters. Because why? Many of our people are just following Moses. And you can't follow Moses to get into the kingdom of heaven, brothers and sisters. Cannot do it. We're going to prove that. We're going to 2 Corinthians 13, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 3 and 13. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 13. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded. For until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament. Read that again, brother. Verse 14. Verse 14. But their minds were blinded. For until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament. Examine that. But their minds were blinded. For until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away when they deal with the Old Testament. So our people... Brothers and sisters are looking at the law with a veil over their eyes, which means what? A veil obstructs clear vision, (laughs) brothers and sisters. So our people don't know how to follow the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. So we need to show you this. You cannot follow Moses the way we were following it in the Old Testament and get into the kingdom of heaven. You're still dealing with milk. Read that again, brother. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 13. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. Which what? Which veil is done away in Christ. The veil is taken away in Christ, 
brothers and sisters. So there's a clear difference between those who are basing their teaching and doctrine off Moses and those who have their senses matured so they can discern good and evil because Christ did away with that veil because our minds were blinded. We didn't understand the laws of Moses. If we did, we wouldn't be in captivity right now. <laughs> so we didn't know how to follow Moses' law. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 15. But even on this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Read that again, brother. Verse 15. But even on this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Right. So look at this, brothers and sisters. Even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart, which means they don't have a clear understanding. They're not. They're unable to, to see clarity in the law of what was the spiritual intent. What was the most highest purpose by implementing such laws, brothers and sisters? So that's what Christ came to give. Christ. His purpose was to encourage people to look beyond the letter of the law to the spirit of the law, brothers and sisters. And we're going to show you that. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. But even on this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. When it shall turn to Christ, the veil shall be taken away. Which means what? Christ would show us the principles behind the commandments and the law's intention, brothers and sisters. See, our people just followed the letter, do's and don'ts, do's and don'ts through Moses and still couldn't get it right. Because why? They were looking at the law through a carnal aspect, brothers and sisters. Now, we want to be clear. One must first keep it in the letter before learning how to keep it in its spirit, brothers and sisters. So, we want to reiterate, today's lesson is not for a baby. Today's lesson is for somebody coming into full age who understands the law and has that down pat now is looking for the next level to go to. Because our people see, okay, well, listen, I'm following all the laws. That's it. I'm just waiting on Christ. That's not it. <laughs> it's not that simple. It's not that easy to get into the kingdom because you're following the law. That's not it. Read 15 through 17 again, brother, please. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 15. But even on this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is what? There is liberty. See, we didn't understand the liberty that was in the law. Why? <laughs> because we were dealing with it from a carnal aspect. Just as who? As the Pharisees, brothers and sisters. They didn't understand scripture. They didn't understand doctrine. They were viewing the whole Old Testament, the Torah, in a carnal aspect, brothers and sisters. So what Moses taught in the Torah is the law of the kingdom of the Most High. What Christ brought was the gospel of the kingdom of the Most High. You must have law within a kingdom. But you also have to have the gospel of that law, the good news within that law for that same kingdom, brothers and sisters. So anybody trying to follow Moses <laughs> and think that they're righteous or by you following Moses that you're getting into the kingdom. <laughs> get your pen out and your pad, brothers and sisters, because today is meat. This is going to be a very thorough lesson, brothers and sisters. 
that will take integrity because many people will take this lesson and, and deal unfaithfully with it and destroy themselves, brothers and sisters. See? So you must have, you must be genuine. You must have what? Integrity within your heart to be able to see what we're dealing with today and understand its spiritual application, brothers and sisters. So there's a difference, clear difference between what Christ brought and what Moses brought. So we wanted to establish that point first. Let's go to John 14 and 6, Joshua. Please follow us to the gospel. John 14, verse 6. Christ said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So examine this. Are you following Christ or are you following Moses? <laughs> See? And that's what you'll learn the difference between the commandment keepers church and most of these other Israelite churches is they're following Moses. We're following Christ. And listen, nothing. Moses was good. Moses was righteous. But Moses isn't Christ. You can't follow Moses to get into the kingdom. You can't give Christ's glory to Moses. Read that one more time, brother. John 14, verse 6. Christ said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. See, so the teachings of Christ are revolutionary. Not because he annulled the laws of the Most High, but because he expanded on them, showing their spiritual intent, brothers and sisters. See, so what we're going into today, Christ never contradicted the old covenant law, but he was the ultimate fulfillment of its spiritual intent. See, brothers and sisters, we didn't understand the spiritual intent of the laws that were implemented through Moses. So Christ had to come and show us what was the spiritual intent of those laws. We just followed the letter. You following the letter is not going to get you into the kingdom of heaven because why? The Pharisees followed the letter. <laughs> and that's not enough because why? Just following laws doesn't change your heart. That's why. <laughs> See? You following some laws doesn't mean you don't have a wicked heart. See? Because why? Judas followed the law. <laughs> he was responsible for giving Christ up to be killed and crucified. So the law alone, following it through the letter, does not change your heart brothers and sisters. And that's what a lot of our people want to do. They want to be justified by just following the letter of the law, but yet they're still wicked inside. Christ came to do away with that. And that's, see, that's why people don't like Christ. That's why many Israelites don't even believe in Christ because they knew Christ would call them out and show the wickedness of their heart. We're going to go to John 1 and 17. We're going to stick in the gospel, brothers and sisters. We wanted to show that Christ is the way not Moses, not Elijah, not John, not anybody else. John 1, verse 17. For the law was given to given by Moses. Read that again. For the law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came by Christ. Read that part again. But grace and truth came by Christ. Examine that, brothers and sisters. This explains the important difference between the ministries of Moses and of Christ, brothers and sisters. See, because why? The law of Moses had no tenderness, no pity, no compassion or mercy. See, Christ came grace and truth, grace and liberty within the law and the truth on how to follow that law. Brothers and sisters, that was not given through Moses. 
Read that again, brother. John 1, verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Christ. See, grace and truth came by Christ. So under the Mosaic covenant comes sayings, do this and do that. And our consciences respond to the imperativeness of the obligation. But under Christ, the covenant, we receive the understanding of how to apply the Mosaic laws. Brothers and sisters, Christ's message is complementary, completing the teachings of the Old Testament, rounding out the finishing of God's spiritual intent or revelation to mankind. It wasn't finished. Moses, it wasn't finished, brothers and sisters, because if that was the reason, why are we not in Israel? If, it, if it's just the law as given by Moses, then why are we not in Israel? Why are we underneath of another people, brothers and sisters? <laughs> so you can't follow what didn't work before and think it's going to work now, brothers and sisters. You must come under Christ. Read that one more time, brother. John 1, verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Christ. Grace and truth came by Christ. So this is what we're going to show today, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you the law given by Moses was milk. But the grace and truth that came by Christ was meat, brothers and sisters. We're going to the Old Testament. We're going to Isaiah 42 and 21, brothers and sisters. We're going to the Tanakh. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 21. Isaiah 42, verse 21. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will magnify the law. He will what? He will magnify the law. Christ will magnify the law. Magnify means to enlarge, brothers and sisters. Read that again. Verse 21. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. See, magnifying, clarifying and explaining in sharper detail so that we can understand and see its application. And that last part said, read, read that again, brother. Verse 21. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will magnify the law. And make it honorable. And making it honorable signifies the manner in which created minds were intended to be affected by it, brothers and sisters. See? So Christ would come to magnify the law and make it honorable, brothers and sisters. Because without Christ, we would not understand the spiritual intent of the laws of Moses, brothers and sisters. Many of our people just think law, 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 law. I'll be justified if I follow the law. And what you're going to find out is that's not that, you know, that's disingenuous. You cannot follow just the law and think you're getting into heaven. Because if that was the case, then why are the Pharisees not getting in? When they followed every law you can find. See, there's a higher level, brothers and sisters. And it takes it takes integrity to be able to apply this. Because some people want to just follow law without actually changing. <laughs> the Bible tells you, listen, the Most High is discerner of hearts and thoughts. So if you haven't changed within, you know, from within, but yet you're following the laws externally, you're not getting in. We're going to go to Galatians 3 and 24. We're going to do a lot of jumping around today, brothers and sisters. So if we're going too fast, pause this. Get your pen and pad. And go back on it, brothers and sisters. Galatians 3, verse 24. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us on to Christ. Read that again, brother. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us on to Christ. What is the law? The law is Moses, the Torah, the first five books 
of the Bible, brothers and sisters. That we might be justified by faith. See, so Moses was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. To show you that the law with Moses wasn't finished, brothers and sisters. See, read that one more time, brother. Galatians 3, verse 24. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. It was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. So this is showing you that the purpose of the law is to convict us of our sin. Why do we need to be convicted of our sin? If we was not convicted of our sin or had no knowledge of it, why would we embrace Christ <laughs> or the need for a savior? If we don't understand that we've been sinning. See, brothers and sisters, it works together flawlessly. Moses showed us our sin. Christ came to forgive that sin that was showed by Moses. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 24. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Examine this, brothers and sisters. If we refuse the finished work of Christ for our salvation, then we remain forever in the custody of the Most High's unalterable law, brothers and sisters. <laughs> so the law under Moses was not complete. So Christ would have to come teach us how to apply the law, brothers and sisters, or else we would remain under the burden of its custody. We didn't understand how to follow Moses' law. So Christ came to do what? Give clarity, brothers and sisters, in sharper detail. Show the mercy and grace, the liberty within Moses' law. Because we were not following it correctly. Why? Because we had a carnal heart. Jeremiah 17 and 9 tell you what? We have a wicked heart, brothers and sisters. See? So that wicked heart was not affected by just following Moses' law. <laughs> Let's move forward. Let's go to Hebrews 9. I'm going to stick in the New Testament here for a second, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. Hebrews 9, we're going to read 8 through 10. Hebrews 9, verse 8. The Holy Ghost is signifying that the way in the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. Examine that, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Verse 8. The Holy Ghost is signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. Was not yet made manifest. While well, as the first tabernacle was yet standing. The first tabernacle was constructed during the time of Moses, brothers and sisters. You can read about that in Exodus 26. So it's telling you that the Holy Ghost is saying, listen, the way into the holiest of all, that way was not made known during the time of Moses. <laughs> read verse 9, brother. Verse 9, which was a figure for the time then presented. R read that again. Which was a figure for the time then present. So examine this. Which was a figure for the time then present. So for that time. So under the Mosaic covenant. The benevolence of the law was not fully manifested. Brothers and sisters. The old covenant wasn't erroneous. But it was incomplete. Read that one more time brother. Verse 9. Which was a figure for the time then present. In which we offered both gifts and sacrifices. That could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the to the consent. Conscience. Conscience. So examine this, brothers and sisters. It's telling you. We did what? We offered what? Sacrificed animals, gifts on holy days. But that couldn't do 
That couldn't make the man or woman that did the service perfect pertaining to the conscience or the heart or the mind, brothers and sisters. So I need you to examine that. Moses' law did not change our conscience. It did not change our heart, brothers and sisters. See? <laughs> See, brothers and sisters? So Christ came to show us the higher level that would change us from the inside out, brothers and sisters. See? So I need you to examine this. Read that from the top, brother, verse 8. Hebrews 9, verse 8. The Holy Ghost is, the Holy Ghost is signifying that the way into the, holy, the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices, that could not make him that did the service perfect. That what? That could not make him that did the service perfect, as pertaining to the conscience. As pertaining to the conscience. See, brothers and sisters? So the conscience matters. <laughs> we were following the law, but without the correct motive, brothers and sisters. See? So just imagine, right? Because Israel is the Most High's wife or bride. Right, brothers and sisters? In the Old Testament. So just imagine you have a wife or a husband, and she's doing her wifely duties, but she's not doing it because she loves you. She's doing it because that's what she's supposed to do. So she's making dinner, <laughs> but she's slamming pots and pans, th slamming the, the you know the food down on the table. <laughs> so just just doing the external work was not enough. It was how you did that external work. See, brothers and sisters, and a lot of our people want to skip right over that and just say, "Well, I did the law. It shouldn't matter how I did it. it shouldn't matter how I felt about doing it. I just did it." <laughs> they call it legalism. Brothers and sisters, where you just do it because you're you're supposed to do it, even though you don't want to do it, even though you probably think evilly about it. See, brothers and sisters, read nine one more time. Hebrews nine and nine, which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings, and carnal ordinances, impose on them until the time of reformation. Until what? Until the time of reformation. The old law, during the time of the first tabernacle, which stood in what? Meats and drinks, which were holy days. We had to, what? The Passover. We had to give what? <laughs> An unblemished lamb. The drinks, the wine that was given as a, um, as a um, offering, right? And then it says diverse washings. So that could mean a plethora of things. Mainly, brothers and sisters, when you go through the gospel, you see that the, the Pharisees, they would be washing all these cups and different platters. And they would. And that's why I say, listen, you wash the outside of the cup. <laughs> see, so they were dealing with all this, brothers and sisters, also with the different, um, you know, the different things we had to do for cleansing, sprinkling blood and different things of the Levi's. But. But on the top level, when it says diverse washings, you can go all through the gospel and see where what uh, the, the, the Pharisees asked Christ, why are your disciples not washing their hands? <laughs> see, so he's like, listen, you're straining at a net right now. OK, it's verse 10 says what, brother? Read that. Verse 10. 
which stood only in meats and drinks, and diverse washings, and carnal ordinances. And carnal ordinances, which means fleshly. Imposed on them until the time of reformation. Until the time of reform or reformation, the time of change. We're in that time of change, brothers and sisters. So through Christ, we would receive a higher level of comprehension as to the spiritual intent of the law, brothers and sisters. Yeah, we followed it, but didn't understand the spiritual intent of it. That's why Christ came, brothers and sisters. So those same people, the Pharisees, who thought that they were justified by just following what Moses said, Christ came to show and say, listen, well, you're not following it on that level. <laughs> See, that's why they that's why they were looking to have Christ taken down. Because they, before the people, showed themselves to be holy. And Christ said, yeah, you're doing the external part. <laughs> you're doing the external part. What about, <laughs> what about the inside? What about the part that no one can see? <laughs> so, brothers and sisters, you'll see this. We're definitely the people. <laughs> because you'll have a majority of our people who are dealing in a pharisaical spirit. They're only dealing with what they can see. So they can seem to the naked eye, holier than you. The whole inside is torn up and, 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 and filthy, but the outside, it looks like they're righteous. <laughs> We're going to expose that doctrine. The majority of the churches today, brothers and sisters, Israelite churches are pharisaical. How do we know? Because the only thing they deal with is the law. They talk about Moses' laws more than they talk about Christ. They also reject baptism. Understand, you reject baptism, Pharisee. <laughs> you're not following Christ. I don't care how, how, you know, I don't care if your beard is touching the ground. If you're not dealing with baptism, you're a baby. I don't care if you're 75 years old. <laughs> if you're not following Christ and Christ's ministry started with baptism, then whose disciple are you? Because you're definitely not Christ's disciple. Because Christ, his ministry started with what? Baptism. His ministry didn't start until then. So whose ministry are you dealing with? Examine his brothers and sisters. That is one of the doctrinal points that you must, you must dig into when you're looking at these churches. I don't care what church it is. If it's a church on YouTube that you like or you think they're funny or whatever, type in whatever church that is, and then baptism. And see what they have to say about it. And if they reject it, then hey, shalom, brother. <laughs> okay? You reject Christ. If you reject baptism, you reject Christ. I can't hear anything from you, brother. You're a baby. You're still on milk. You're still on the breast. Let's go forward, uh, Joshua. Let's go to Hebrews 7 and 11. Hebrews 7, verse 11. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood. If perfection was by the Levitical priesthood, who was the Levitical priesthood? Brothers and sisters, Moses, Aaron, that was Levi, who are the modern day Haitians. Read that again, brother. Hebrews 7, verse 11. For therefore perfection were by, if therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law. Who did we receive the law from? Levi, or Aaron, and Moses. What further need was there that another priest should should rise after the order of Melchizedek, Melchizedek, and not be called after the order of Aaron? So examine this, brothers and sisters. Who was Melchizedek in the Old Testament? Shem, brothers and sisters. The order of Melchizedek means what? 
it means that the king and priest would be one tribe or one man. When we know in the Old Testament, the king tribe was Judah, but the priest was Levi. So after the order of Melchizedek, which is what we're under in the New Testament, you would have the king and the priest be the same, which is who? <laughs> Christ. Christ is the priest and the king. See, that's the order of Melchizedek. Brothers and sisters, read that again from the top, brother. Hebrews 7, verse 11. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? So examine this. If the full accomplishment of the essential aim of the priesthood had been obtained, there would be no necessity for Christ. <laughs> We, why do we need Christ if everything, you know, with the Levitical priesthood was good? Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 12. For the priesthood being changed. For what? For the priesthood being changed. See, the Levitical priesthood would yield to the priesthood of Christ. There is made of necessity a change also of the law. Read that again, brother. There is made of necessity a change also of the law. Read 12 again, the whole... Hebrews 7, verse 12. For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change of the law. Re take your time. Read 12 again. Hebrews 7, verse 12. For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. A change also of the law. So examine this. If the priesthood being changed, then also there would be a change of the law. So what? Christ would clarify the spiritual intent of the law of Moses, brothers and sisters. Why? Because through Moses, we merely learned carnal application of the law. Christ taught us the what? The spiritual application of the law, brothers and sisters. See? Now, how do we know when it's talking about the order of Melchizedek, it's talking about Christ? Read verse 14, brother. Verse 14. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah. What? Read that again. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judea. So examine this. Christ came from the tribe of Judah. Read. Of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. See? Which Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. Why? Because the priest was Levi. So this is the order of Melchizedek. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 15. And it is yet far more evident for the after the similitude of Melchizedek, there is a ariseth another priest. Take your time. Read 14 and 15 again, brother. Hebrews 7 verse 14. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest. Another priest? Read 16, brother. Who is made, not after the law of a carnal commandment. Uh, read that part again. Not Who is made, not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. See? <laughs> so Christ would come, not after the law of carnal commandments, but after the power of endless life, brothers and sisters. See? So Christ came under the order of Melchizedek. When you look at Melchizedek, that was Shem, who taught who? Abraham. Abraham paid 10 cent, excuse me, 10% to the, 
to, Ab- uh, to Shem, brothers and sisters. Abraham learned from Shem. His father was Tira, who was a pagan. Abraham was given to Shem to be raised. And he paid Shem, who was what? Priest and king, 10%. So that's when you see the order of Melchizedek, that's simply saying that the king, the king tribe and the priest will become one. Which has now happened after who? After Levi had fallen from grace. Because remember, Levi wasn't a tribe at one time, brothers and sisters. They fell from grace and now are regarded as a tribe. See? So what we're going into today, brothers and sisters, is milk. I mean, uh, is meat. This is not milk. So everybody may not be able to understand what we're dealing with, depending on where you are with your spiritual walk. If you're just beginning and still learning law, still having a hard time following the law, then this is not going to be good for you right now. <laughs> Put this away and come back to it next year <laughs> or in a few years when you've, you know, when you've matured. When you've started to look at the law without the veil on your eyes, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Matthew 23 and 1 because it shows you that Christ would bring a change in the law. He wouldn't do away with the law. He would expand on the law, brothers and sisters. We're going to Matthew 23. We're going to read 1 through 4. Matthew 23, verse 1. Then spake Christ to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Now examine this. We just showed you that the Levitical priesthood, the Pharisees, we're after Moses' seat. Read that one more time, brother. Matthew 23, verse 1. Then spake Christ to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe. Read that again, brother. All therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not yet after their works. For they say... And do not. So examine this. Christ said, listen, do what they say. <laughs> what they're saying is right, but don't do as they do. So conform to their instructions, but do not imitate or emulate their practices. <laughs> See, brothers and sisters? So the instruction was accurate. The motive was unclean. See, that's what Christ was saying. What they're saying is right about following the law, but the motive behind what they're saying is filthy. Their motive was legalism or tradition. Read that from the top, brother, please. Matthew 23, verse 1. Then spake Christ to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not yet after their works. For they say, and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be home. Read that again. Take your time, brother. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be home to be born. Read that again, brother. For they bind heavy burdens. They bind heavy burdens, which means what? They would start trying to put laws on people that the Most High did not implement. <laughs> That's why they asked Christ, "Why are your disciples not washing your hands?" Christ is like, "What scripture is that?" <laughs> See, so you'll have Israelites out there who are trying to put their tradition on you. <laughs> They'll put their own tradition on you that have nothing to do with who? With the Most High. 
And who are you to try to put a heavy burden on someone when you're not Christ? You're not even Moses. Read that again, brother. Yes. Matthew 23, verse 4. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. See? So you'll have people, brothers and sisters, dealing in a pharisaical spirit. And we, this lesson will help you identify those dealing with the pharisaical spirit, brothers and sisters. Because all they're telling you is do this, do that, do this, and do that. And most of what they're telling you to do is not found in scripture. They put heavy burdens on people, <laughs> misinterpreting, you know, what the Most High wanted with his intent. So the interpretation which they give to the law is correct, but their lives do not correspond with their teachings. And when it says they bind heavy burdens, they would add things to the law that actually was not the intent of it. Brothers and sisters, the Most High never said <laughs> that the disciples needed to wash their hands before they ate bread. That was something that was an, a tradition of the Pharisees or the elders. And you'll have, you'll see, You'll have a lot of our people picking right up because why? The Pharisees were the, the broader sect of Israelites during that time. It was more of them than the others, brothers and sisters, who were just trying to pick and point and accuse you. Well, you're not following this. You're not following that. Not understanding what? Not understanding the spiritual intent, brothers and sisters. So that's what we're dealing with today. The letter of the law, which the Pharisees, you know, the Pharisees followed versus the spirit of the law, which is what Christ brought. Christ brought the spirit of the law. We're going to go to Romans 7 and 6, brothers and sisters. Follow us to Paul, brothers and sisters. So we're going to read Romans 7 and 6. We're in the New Testament, the, uh, the epistles of Paul, brothers and sisters. Romans 7, verse 6. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead, where, wherein we are held. Romans 7, verse 6. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead, wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit. That what? That we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. See, that's what we're dealing with today. The spirit of the law and not the oldness of the letter. The letter refers to the strict obedience. The spirit refers to the purpose of the law, brothers and sisters. See, so our people were focusing on the strict adherence to the law rather than looking at the purpose of the commandment. See, brothers and sisters, when you look at the purpose, you actually expand the law. Christ didn't come to do away with the law. He came to expand on it. Read that one more time, brother. Romans 7, verse 6. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. See? So the result of this change is not aimless freedom, but freedom to serve a new purpose, brothers and sisters. We wasn't, we wasn't supposed to be just following the law to follow the law, brothers and sisters. We're not to become servants to the law. We're, so, we're supposed to use the application of the law to serve the Most High. That was the difference, brothers and sisters. We're to serve God operating within the law. Our people started to serve the law as if the law was God. Not even understanding what was, what was the spiritual intent of the commandment. Read that again, brother. 
Romans 7, verse 6. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit, and not in the oldness of the letter. See, so that's what we're dealing with today, brothers and sisters. The letter of the law and the spirit of the law. Christ brought the spirit of the law, which means it's spiritual intent, brothers and sisters. Because why? If you're just dealing with the letter, then you can manipulate it. You can manipulate what the intent was by just dealing with the technicality of what's on the paper. <laughs> As lawyers do all the time. Lawyers know the law. And they, what is their, what is the defense attorney doing? Trying to sh <laughs> defend you against the law. So they know the law, but they're not using it properly. They're not using it <laughs> for justice. They're using it so you can get away <laughs> with what the intent of the law was. See, and that's what Levi, that's what Levi was. Levi means lawyer, brothers and sisters. The lawyers was actually Levi. <laughs> they knew the law. We're people of law, brothers and sisters. See, so you can use the law properly or faithfully, but you can also just going by the letter of the law. <laughs> by doing that, you can also start manipulating the law and being unfaithful with it. For example, brothers and sisters, where it says the spirit of the law and the letter of the law. You are a parent or matter of fact, you're a child and your parents tell you, listen, don't take candy from strangers. And then you come home <laughs> and you have a soda from a stranger. <laughs> See, well, you said don't take candy from them. You didn't say don't take a soda. Now, hold on. <laughs> See, you knew what I meant. You knew what I meant. I meant don't take anything <laughs> from a stranger. See, that's the difference, brothers and sisters, the spirit of the law and the letter of the law. What was the intent of me telling you not to take candy from a stranger? Was it for you to, you know, get something else from a stranger? No, it was for you to not receive anything from somebody you don't know. See, we're putting it into, you know, we're bringing this down on an elementary level so people can understand, brothers and sisters. That's the difference between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law, brothers and sisters. Let's move forward, Joshua. We're going to Matthew 5 and 27. We're going back to the gospel, brothers and sisters. Christ is going to expand on the law, showing the spiritual intent of the law, the spirit of the law, against the letter of the law. Matthew 5, verse 27. He hath heard that it was said by them of the old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Read that again, brother. Verse 27. He hath heard that it was said by them of the old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. It was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. Now that's the letter. Now let's go into the spiritual intent of it. Verse 28. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. See, because the, the intent of him saying don't commit adultery wasn't just a physical act. But we just started following that and still lusting after women. See, so Christ expanded on the law, showing its fuller and deeper spiritual intent, brothers and sisters. See, read that from the top, brother. Matthew 5, verse 27. He have heard that it was said by them of the old time. Thou shalt not commit adultery. See, so look at that, brothers and sisters. That is once it's developed. This is the result. 
But the origin is 28. Read 28, brother. Verse 28. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her in his heart, already in his heart. See, so examine that, brothers and sisters. We must exterminate it at its origin. But if you're just following the letter, <laughs> then you're, you're still looking at pornographic images. See? You're, you're still looking at one, after a woman to lust after her. Because, listen, the law says just don't commit adultery. Christ is saying that wasn't the intent. The intent was for you not to even, you know, look at a woman. Because you looking at that woman will lead to the physical act. So we must deal with it while it's still in its embryonic stage, brothers and sisters. <laughs> it must be attended to at its conception, brothers and sisters. So Christ didn't come to do away with the law of Moses. He came to show us how to follow the law of Moses. Read that again, brother, from the top. Matthew 5, verse 27. Ye have heard that it was said by them of the old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. See? So when that which is conceived in the heart is matured, it bringeth forth the physical act, brothers and sisters. That's the spiritual intent. That's the spirit of the law, brothers and sisters. See? So he showed that the spirit of the law, its spiritual intent is much broader than the letter and encompasses even our thoughts and attitudes towards others. And see, that's why Pharisees didn't like Christ. Because it dealt with a part that you couldn't prove to anybody but God. <laughs> Nobody knows if you're looking after a woman to lust after her in your heart but you. And see, they just wanted to seem before men to be righteous. While the inside was wicked. That's why Christ said, do as they say, not as they do. See? This is the spirit of the law, brothers and sisters. This is for those who have the milk down and are dealing or looking to what? Become full age. Being able to discern good from evil, brothers and sisters. Because the same people that are saying law, law, law are not following the law as it was intended. Let's go to Romans 2 and 28. We just needed to show you that the heart matters. Because Christ is showing you it's not just the physical act. It's the condition of your heart. It's the motive that matters. We're going to Romans 2 and 28, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. Romans 2, verse 28. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. So he's showing you just that physical circumcision. Anybody who knows what circumcision is, is on the eighth day when a male Israelite circumcises or cuts off the foreskin of his private, it says, it says, which is outward in the flesh, but what? Read the next part. But he is a Jew, which is one outward, inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart. Read that again, brother. Verse 29, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart. See, so you can have your flesh, your private, circumcised, but the circumcision that's most important is the one of the heart, brothers and sisters. So what is this showing? This is showing that our righteousness has to exceed the letter of the law, brothers and sisters. See? So following the letter of the law is legalism, which produces death. Following the spirit or purpose of the law gives life, brothers and sisters. I need you to read 28 and 29 again. Romans 2, verse 28. For he is not a Jew, 
which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter. And what? And not in the letter. In the spirit, but not in the letter. Whose praise is not for whose praise is not of men, but of God. See, that's the key. The Pharisees were doing things to look righteous to men, but not to the Most High. That's why they had a problem with Christ, brothers and sisters. So we need to be sure we're fulfilling the purpose for which the law was given, brothers and sisters. When one obeys the spirit of the law, one is doing what the author of the law intended and not only adhering to the literal wording, brothers and sisters, dealing in technicalities, brothers and sisters. See, so this is what Paul was showing here in Romans chapter two. Our carnal mind viewed the law as a list of stipulations <laughs> and you cannot change from the outside in, but from the inside out. Brothers and sisters, our heart was still wicked. The circumcision must be of the heart. That's why Christ said, if you look after a woman to lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart because that's what it's about. The spirit of the law works on your heart, brothers and sisters. We're going to read that one more time, top to bottom. Romans 2, verse 28. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. See, so we are really what we are inwardly. Outward motives may keep the outside clean, while the inside is filthy, brothers and sisters. So this is what Christ is trying to show. This is what the Most High meant when he gave us the law. Our inside was filthy, yet our outward external actions seemed righteous to men. So I need you to examine this, brothers and sisters. We're dealing with the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. In order for you to get into the kingdom, receive immortality, you must be following it in its spirit form, brothers and sisters, not just the technical letter. See? So Christ didn't come to do away with the law. He actually came to expand on that same law of Moses, brothers and sisters. We're going to give you another example. We're going to Matthew 5 and 20. Please follow us. Matthew 5 verse 20. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Read that again. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. See, <laughs> this was a shocking statement, brothers and sisters. Why? Because no one obeyed the law as good as the Pharisees. <laughs> He said that your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and scribes. <laughs> See, so it's something more. There's a higher level than just following what's there. <laughs> Read that again, brother. Matthew 5, verse 20. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Ye have heard that it was said by them of the old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. Now look at this, brothers and sisters. Christ is doing what? He's about to expand the intent of the sixth commandment, which prohibits murder. Read that again, brother. Verse 21. 
Ye have heard that it was said by them of the old time, Ye thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. Read. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of, ju of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. So examine this where it says Raka or Raka, brothers and sisters. That's saying that's calling that's saying fool, calling somebody a fool. So it said in old time that if you kill someone, you're in danger of judgment. But Christ said, whoever's angry with his brother <laughs> is in danger of judgment. Why? Because the source of murder comes from the heart, the mind, the core of an individual's character is where hate and anger are festered by Satan. See, brothers and sisters? So the law of Moses, dealing with it through the letter was just what? Was just the external coherence to it or adherence to it. What Christ was expanding was the inside, the heart, brothers and sisters. Why was he doing this? Because the thought precedes action and hatred precedes murder. If we hate someone, we break the sixth commandment. This is what Christ was showing, brothers and sisters. This is the difference between what? The letter of the law and the spirit of the law, brothers and sisters. See? So Christ was illustrating another aspect of applying the spirit of the law rather than just the letter of such biblical commands. See? That's why Christ said, unless your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, you will not get into the kingdom. Which means you can't just follow the letter of the law to get in. <laughs> Read verse 20 again, brother. Matthew 5, verse 20. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. See? So Christ made a fundamental change without altering the Torah standards, brothers and sisters. He expanded on it. He dealt with the attitudes and intents of the heart, not simply with the external action. And many people may not like that. They may think, well, listen, I should get in. I followed what he told me to do, but no. No. You don't have the right to say you should get in. You follow what the Most High say follow to in its fullest extent. Okay? Because if just following the letter of the law was okay, then why <laughs> were we thrown on slave ships? Why? Why are we not in our land of Israel if following the letter of the law was right? Exactly, brothers and sisters. Your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. There's a higher level, brothers and sisters, than just following what's there. See? You must understand the intent of the law because if you, ex if you understand the intent, then you will expand the law, brothers and sisters. See? Now, we want to make it clear. You must first know the law. <laughs> so first, you need to deal with the milk, which is following the law, understanding the law. And once you have that down, then you can expand to the spirit of the law. And I'm putting that out there because Christians will, will, would not follow any laws and then say, see, it's the spirit of the law. No, the spirit of the law is not doing what you want to do. The spirit of the law is actually following the laws of Moses on a higher level. <laughs> So that's why we said, brothers and sisters, you must have integrity to deal with this. There must be integrity here or you'll use this information that is being, you know, brought out before you today to destroy yourself. 
We're going to go forward. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians 3 and 6, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. This is me, brothers and sisters. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 6. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. Read that again. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter. Read that part again. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. What did that just say? Verse 6. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth. But the Spirit giveth life. See, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, brothers and sisters. I need you to examine that. <laughs> I need you to examine it. The subject here is not the doing away with the laws, but the change in administration of existing laws, brothers and sisters. See? So to keep God's law properly, we have to learn to recognize the spirit of the law. The spirit of the law means God's in original intent or purpose behind each law, brothers and sisters. See? So examine this, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 6. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. See, and you need the Holy Spirit to understand this, brothers and sisters. There's no way you can understand this without the Holy Spirit. And see, that's why many Israelites don't understand what we're teaching today. That's why the Pharisees did not understand this, because it doesn't take the, you don't need the Holy Spirit to read Moses's laws and to say, don't eat pork, don't eat camel, don't eat this, don't do that. You don't need no wisdom for that. <laughs> That's just reading, brothers and sisters. This what we're dealing with today can only come from the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. See, so without the Holy Spirit, we are unable to ascertain the spiritual application of the law. <laughs> With the help of his spirit, the Most High enables us to discern what the intent of the law may extend to, which is far beyond the letter. See, brothers and sisters, you need the Holy Spirit in order to grasp what we're dealing with here. Only the Holy Spirit can give you this, brothers and sisters. You can't get what we're teaching from just reading Moses' law. Where do you get the Holy Spirit? Let's, let's see. Let's go to Acts, brother. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? Let's go to Acts. We're going to read 2 and 38 because this information was revealed to us through the Holy Spirit, not through a man. Acts 2, verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And what? And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, anybody who studies the Bible, even Christians know that the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost is what? Wisdom, brothers and sisters. Wisdom is the Holy Spirit. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? Read it again, brother. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. See? For the remission of sins, repent and be baptized with physical water, humble yourself, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, why do you need the Holy Ghost? Let's go to Wisdom of Solomon 9 and 9 to show you why you can only get this type of understanding from someone who's dealing with the Holy Spirit. 
So those who are teaching law, 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 law without the spiritual intent of the law, what? That means usually they haven't been baptized, brothers and sisters. That's why we said you must find out their doctrine. Do they believe in baptism? Because if they don't, then there's a certain level of doctrine or teaching they will not be able to give you. Read Wisdom of Solomon 9 and 9, brother. Wisdom of Solomon 9, verse 9. And wisdom was with thee, which knoweth thy works, and was present when thou madest the world. Now, how do we know wisdom is the Holy Spirit? Because it says she was with the Most High when thou madest the world. We know that three bear witness from the beginning. Christ, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Read that again, brother. Verse 9. And wisdom was with thee, which knoweth thy works, and was present when thou madest the world, and knew what was acceptable in thy sight. And what? And knew what was acceptable in thy sight, and right in thy commandments. See, that's the key. And knew what was acceptable in the most high sight, and right in thy commandments. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 10. O send her out of thy holy heavens. O what? O send her out of thy holy heavens. And form the throne of thy glory. And what? And form the throne of thy glory. And from the throne of thy glory. That being present she may labor with me. And do what? That I may know what is pleasing unto thee. Read that again. Verse 10. O send her out of thy holy of thy holy heavens. Out. Take your time. Read that again, brother. Verse 10. O send her out of thy holy heavens. And from the throne of thy glory. That being present, she may labor with me, that I may know what is pleasing unto thee. That I may know what is pleasing unto thee. <laughs> See? Examine that, brothers and sisters. You must have the Holy Spirit in order to know how to please the Most High. That's why our church teaches what? The doctrine of Christ, which is Hebrews. Tell you what? The doctrine of baptism, of resurrection and healing. You need to be baptized in order for you to gain a certain level of maturity because she is who teach you how to please the most high God. The Pharisees didn't receive baptism. That's why they didn't understand this, brothers and sisters. See, I need you to go, go look back and see, did the Pharisees get baptized? Did they believe in the doctrine of baptism? <laughs> see, the Bible links flawlessly, brothers and sisters. They couldn't understand this, what Christ was dropping here. They couldn't understand it. Why? Because they were not humble enough to hit water like every other man and say, I'm a sinner. See, if you're, if you're not willing to make a public declaration by being fully submerged in water, <laughs> you're never going to be able to understand, you know, the, 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 the meat. You'll never be able to understand it. Why? Because you don't have the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we needed to show you. This is why Christ's doctrine was different. This is why the disciples were teaching a higher level of Moses' law. Because they had wisdom that came through baptism. Brothers and sisters. For the remission of sins. <laughs> See? Examine that brothers and sisters. Read that one more time brother. Wisdom of Solomon 9 verse 10. O send her out of thy holy heavens, and from the throne of thy glory, that being present she may labor with me, that I may know what is pleasing unto thee. That I may know what is pleasing unto thee. See? 
<laughs> Baptism, brothers and sisters. It's a requirement, brothers and sisters. Now, let's go back to Matthew 5. We're going to deal some more with the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. What we're dropping today is heavy, brothers and sisters. And we don't, you know, I know a lot of the people that follow us, especially online, are new, brothers and sisters. And it's, it's I'm not expecting, <laughs> you know, a, a newborn baby to understand what we're dealing with. Because first, you have to get in tune with his law. Okay? You must follow his law. And it must be easy for you to follow his law. Okay? Brothers and sisters, if you're still struggling with the law, then you're not going to be able to deal with what we're dealing with today. So, you know, and that, that's not a problem. This is something what we're dealing with today is for somebody who's 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 full age or becoming full age, brothers and sisters. And that's not dependent on your physical age. A person could be 65. Doesn't really matter. It's your spiritual heart. It's, it's your heart inside. Brothers and sisters, are you ready for what Christ is dropping here? Because this is not a lesson for somebody that just learned the truth, really, you know, uh, six months ago. <laughs> okay? So, if you, if, you, if you can't understand this, then you know what? Put this away until you're mature enough. You pray on it. Okay? You must first deal with the letter of the law before you can understand the spirit of the law. So, I want to be clear. We are not advocating breaking the law. Christ was not advocating breaking the law. Okay? What we're advocating is expanding the law and doing more than what's actually there. You must have the Holy Spirit to do this, brothers and sisters. You must have the Holy Spirit. So the beginning of your ministry should be what? The same thing Christ's was. <laughs> Hit that water. Don't be afraid of the water. Water is a spiritual liquid. Brothers and sisters, it's not taking a bath. And if, you, if you're if you one of those who say, well, I take a bath every day, <laughs> you're carnal. I don't, I don't know. If that's not showing that you're carnal, I, I mean, I don't know what it is. <laughs> See? This is what the Bible is just showing you yourself. If you think baptism is just taking a bath, then you are carnal. And that, that's the more reason you need to be baptized. Because you can't see anything that's not physical. <laughs> Go to Matthew 5 and 38, Brother Joshua. Matthew 5, verse 38. Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. Now this was the Old Testament law of retaliation. Read that again. Verse 38. Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye. And a tooth for a tooth. See, so, so from a carnal aspect, from an unhealthy perspective, we were looking at this as what? The law of retaliation. Meaning, listen, if somebody hit me, hit them back. <laughs> if somebody slapped me, slap them back. This, when you're looking at this from a carnal aspect, this is what you're viewing in this scripture. Read that again, brother. Verse 38. You have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Examine that. See, so the spirit of the law, this was really implemented for incentive to not assault a person. This is telling you, listen, if you hit somebody, you're probably going to get hit back. <laughs> this is not saying if somebody smites you to, to smite them back, brothers and sisters. <laughs> 
See, this is what Christ was dropping here, brothers and sisters, because somebody will look right at that and then say, well, yeah, it does say if he knocked my tooth out, you know, uh, knock his tooth out. Is that really what this is saying? Or is this telling you if you hit somebody, you're probably going to get hit back? <laughs> Read that from the top, brother. Matthew 5, verse 38. Ye have heard that it have been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn him the other also. See, so this law was intended to bring about justice, brothers and sisters. Not for you to have license to assault somebody if they do, you know, if they, if they, if they assault you, okay? The problem is we don't like to proceed or advance past the first thought. That's the wrong, that's what's wrong with our people. Not just our people, most people. See, you just see what's there and then don't think any further, misrepresenting the scripture, misunderstanding the scripture with an unhealthy perspective of the scripture. See, that's why we talked about what? The power of perception, brothers and sisters. Because now you're starting to see the spiritual intent of what Christ was dropping. See, so Moses' law was not wrong. But we didn't have the, the, the spiritual eyes to be able to see what we were supposed to do with what Moses dropped. See, we just followed the letter. And just following the letter is not going to get you in. Your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and scribes. And I know most Israelites are shocked because they think that their righteousness is them following the law. <laughs> and it's not. It's not. We're going to move forward. We're going to go to Romans 9 and 31. Brothers and sisters, please follow us. I need you to take your time, brother. We're going to read 9 and 31. Romans 9, verse 31. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, had not attained to the law of righteousness. <laughs> See, why? It said we follow the law of righteousness, but had not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 32, Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for thy stumbled at that stumble stum stumbling stone. So examine that, brothers and sisters. It says, listen, we followed after the law, but have not obtained the righteousness. Why? Because we sought it not in faith, but we sought it as if the righteousness came from the law. So what does that mean? That means we operated in the law from a carnal perspective. <laughs> See? Following the law, but without the proper motivation to follow it. Brothers and sisters, read that from the top, brother. Take your time. Romans 9, verse 31. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for thy stumbled at the stumbling stone. So examine this, brothers and sisters. As long as we view love merely as keeping of God's laws, we are stuck on a low level, letter of the law approach to righteousness. Now, we are, the scriptures are right. They tell you what? That what? Following this, keeping his commandments is the love of the Most High. But that's not it. It's how you keep the commandments. <laughs> See? Because our people were keeping the commandments because we believed it was our righteousness, not because we loved the Most High. That's the difference. 
See, we already used the analogy to tell you, listen, if you have a wife and uh, or a husband and they do their wifely duties, but they're not doing it because they love you. They're doing it because it's a requirement of being a wife. That's completely different. That's you pretty much making someone love you. <laughs> you don't want to make somebody love you. I mean, you want them to love you on their own. And see, our people were following this because they felt obligated to it. So anytime you're trying to understand why just following the commandments is not enough, think about a wife and her wifely duties. See, just going through the motions, not really doing it with love. <laughs> not really doing it with tenderness. I'm just trying to get it out the way. I'm just trying to do it. <laughs> See? Read that again, brother. 31 and 32. Romans 9, verse 31. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, has not obtained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. See, so he said that because we sought it not by faith, sought what? Righteousness. <laughs> you can't obtain righteousness by the works of the law. You have to have faith. <laughs> see, can you see faith, brothers and sisters? No. That's why the Bible tells you Jacob seeketh after a sign. <laughs> we, we need fire to come down from heaven like with Elijah. We need the Red Sea to part for we to understand that something's real. That's the problem with our people. We're carnal. If you're dealing from a carnal aspect, you will not get in, brothers and sisters. That's what we're magnifying here. Now, brothers and sisters, we're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. Brothers and sisters, please follow us. Today's lesson is what? We're talking about the power of perception. We're talking about spiritual maturation, brothers and sisters. We're talking about, we're dealing with meat. We're dealing with doctrine, brothers and sisters. Okay? 1 Timothy 1, verse 8. But we know that the law is good. If a man use it lawfully. Read that again, brother. Verse 8. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Examine that. So this is showing you what? That there's a way to use the law unlawfully, brothers and sisters. See? Because why? Pharisees would then manipulate the law unjustly. They would misconstrue the law, not according to its original design and meaning, but according to how they saw fit. Brothers and sisters, so you would have some who would pervert the law using it as a form of harassment. Same way we, you know, as black people, Hispanics, we understand that a lot of times Edomites or white people, they will use calling the police on us as a form to harass us. <laughs> Why? Because they know that we don't have the best relationship with police. Usually we're getting hit upside the head or, or thrown in prison. So they'll use the law as a form to harass us. This was going on then, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. 1 Timothy 1, verse 8. 1 Timothy 1, verse 8. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. See? So there's a way in which the law can be used unlawfully or unfaithfully. We're going to show you that the Pharisees, the Pharisees did this many times during Christ's time. We're going to go to John chapter 8. We're going to the gospel, brothers and sisters. We're going to read... John 8, 
in 1 through 11. Brothers and sisters, I need you to examine this and watch it closely. John 1, 8. Excuse me, John 8 and 1. John 8, verse 1. Christ went on the, Christ went on to the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple. And all the people came on him and sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought on him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. In the very act, they brought a sister to Christ and said, Listen, we caught this sister in uh, the, the act of fornication, of adultery. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? See, so examine this, brothers and sisters. Look at this. They're like, well, you know, according to Moses' law, it says that this sister should be stoned. Because why? She, you know, we caught, by two or more witnesses, everything was established. So if two men or two people came and said they saw you do something during Moses' law, during Moses' time, you were just killed. Period. So read that again. Verse 5. Verse 5. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said. Tempting him. Examine this. It says, this they said, tempting him. Read that again. Verse 6. This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Christ stood up. Stooped down. But Christ stooped down, and with his finger wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. Read. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself. And said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him, for, let him first cast a stone at her. So examine his brothers and sisters. He said, listen, <laughs> he who have no sin cast the first stone. Why? Because here, here they are using the law unlawfully. How? Because the law wasn't implemented for judgment. It was implemented to prevent the judgment. See, so they just wanted the law to be justified in having a sister killed. See, brothers and sisters, it's not that she wanted this. They wanted this sister to do what's right, because how is she going to do what's right if you kill her? <laughs> See, so there is a way to use the law unjustly, brothers and sisters. See, so just because it's not wrong doesn't make it right, brothers and sisters. OK, so they weren't wrong in what they were saying, but it also wasn't right to have her killed. See, so examine that, brothers and sisters. They, they're looking at Moses' law and saying, listen, if a sister is taken in adultery, she should be stoned. Christ was like, okay, well, which one of you don't have sin? Because there should be somebody else standing here before me. If she was caught in the very act, where's the brother at that was caught in the very act? <laughs> See? And then you have this same spirit that's, walking, that's going around in our people today who try to put our sisters under bonds. And burdens on them when they're not even following the law. <laughs> See, and that's why a lot of sisters will not come into Israel, you know, being an Israelite of the community. Or don't want to be with a man dealing with that because they view it as oppressive. Because you have brothers out there who are trying to oppress our sisters using the law. When they don't understand the law. And we're going to go into some of those oppressive tactics, brothers and sisters. We just needed to show you this was the way... In which the law can be used unjustly. Because what else was in that law? 
clemency was confined within the law also. <laughs> See, that's what Christ was showing. Let's go back up, brother. I need you to read verse 5. John 8, verse 5. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? Now Christ is showing. He's getting ready to show. That's the letter of the law, that she should be stoned. But Christ is showing what? He's showing the spirit of the law. Verse 6. This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Christ stood, stooped down, and with his finger wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. So he was just ignoring them. Verse 7. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Christ was left alone. And the woman standing in the midst. Now, look at this, brothers and sisters. Christ understood the intent of the law was not to kill people. The law was instituted to prevent us from becoming a recipient of the disciplinary action. <laughs> See, they just wanted to use the law to say, listen, she's wrong, kill her. Kill her now. Christ is like, listen, when that law was implemented, it wasn't just for us to go kill people. It was actually for somebody to see what the punishment was, thereby being motivated to stay away from that particular act. That was the difference. Christ wanted reformation. He wanted reform. He wanted the sister to be right. How do we know? Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 10. When Christ had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said. She said what? No man, Lord. And Christ said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And what? Go and sin no more. And what? Go and sin no more. See, so Christ wasn't excusing her sin. He acknowledged it, but he wasn't going to condemn her. Why? Because condemnation came with her being persecuted, brothers and sisters. See? See? So the intent behind the law, brothers and sisters, wasn't to punish you, but to stimulate you to do righteousness. <laughs> See, this is Christ showing what purity, purity of heart, brothers and sisters. He provides an example of righteous judgment under the terms of the new covenant, brothers and sisters. See, <laughs> we need to show you. See, Christ, everything he dealt with was cleansing the heart because these brothers was following the law and they wasn't wrong in what they were saying that the law calls for you know her being stoned but it wasn't the right decision to make because the law wasn't instituted as a form to just persecute anybody that you know that that transgressed the law because why death for sin is merely delayed under the new covenant that's why christ said go and sin no more because I'm not going to say, I won't be able to save you next time. I'm having grace. See, Christ was showing the grace. There was grace in the Old Testament, but we couldn't see it because we were dealing carnally. Christ has came to show the liberty, come to show the grace. Because I promise you, I mean, you know, I'm sure this sister here, after just about 
to be stoned probably never went and did this again, <laughs> brothers and sisters, which is that's really what you want. You want them to be right. So you have people out there who don't want you to be right. They just want to show you that you're wrong and that I'm over you because I'm doing this on this level and you're doing that. <laughs> See? So look at what we're showing you here. The spirit of the law and the letter of the law. The letter of the law says what? She should be killed. The spirit of the law says, you know what? Give her grace. Forgive her. Give her undeserved mercy and give her another opportunity. Because if she continues, she will die. See, brothers and sisters? Christ was showing you how to follow the letter. Excuse me. Follow the, the law on the spiritual level. Okay? Now, we're going to show you that Christ, what he was dealing with, was not breaking the law. Okay, but you would have certain people who were saying, the Pharisees would use this and say, see, he don't follow the laws of Moses. He is following the laws of Moses. You don't understand the laws of Moses. <laughs> okay, that's why Christ had to say, I didn't come to destroy the law, I came to fulfill it. Because you had many Pharisees out there saying that Christ was coming to do away with the law. He wasn't coming to do away with the law. He was showing you the liberty within the law. Because following it the way we were following it, we was destroying ourselves. People was being killed left and right every day. People were sinning, was being just killed and struck down. That was not the intent, brothers and sisters. So you had certain people out there who just wanted what? They just wanted to, to catch somebody sinning so they could exercise just judgment. Listen, if you're the first person to want to have somebody killed even in their sin, that shows you have a wicked heart. You have a wicked heart. Because where was the brother that was caught in adultery? <laughs> See? And it's the same Pharisees that are oppressive to sisters that was oppressive during this time are the same ones you see out there today trying to oppress sisters. As if a sister should be, you know, a second class citizen. No, a sister is to submit to her husband. But you're not her husband. <laughs> See, that's the thing. We got a lot of brothers out there trying to tell other men's wives what to do. <laughs> it's like, brother, deal with your own house, okay? Deal there. <laughs> okay? These same people are also telling you what? It's okay to have multiple wives. I had one brother <laughs> many years ago, I, you know, tell me, listen, I got, I got, I got three wives. <laughs> I'm like, brother, you're in your mom's basement, brother. You don't, that's not your wife. That's your accomplice. <laughs> you're breaking the law, brother, because... The law tell you, if, if a man have more than one wife, then let's say a man have two or three wives. Each one of them must have their own home <laughs> provided by you. <laughs> must have their own vehicle provided by you. And it must all be the same. Not, oh yeah, I got 10 baby moms and uh, this one is the one I like. So I'm going to get her a new car. Then give my other baby mom, a, 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 you know, a 1982. Uh, nah, don't work like that. If you have more than one wife, you must provide equally beyond to those women. And there, I don't know any man, most men that can do that right now. We're struggling, you know, dealing with ourselves, paying our own bills. And then you think you're going to have all these wives? No. Titus tell you, you know, New Testament tell you, if you want to do this work, you must be the husband of one wife. I don't try to come bring up Abraham and Jacob. I don't want to hear that because you're not Abraham and you're definitely not Jacob. Okay, so brothers and sisters, I'm just showing you how to identify the Israelites that's out there. 
Okay? Those same Israelites that are, it seems like they're being oppressive to women, are trying to force women to do what they think, are the same ones that were here in John chapter 8, the Pharisees. See? They may not be calling themselves Pharisees, but the actions show. What, what, you shall know a man by his fruits. Okay? Anybody that tell you law, 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 but don't show you your liberty within that law, you need to examine that. Probably stay away from it, brothers and sisters. Because by accusing people like this, if we was in Christ's time, you would be dead. So a person that's pointing out all these laws you ain't following, you would have been dead <laughs> in ancient times. I need you to examine that, brothers and sisters. I really need you to examine it. So they're the same people today, the same spirit of a Pharisee who don't understand the law, still on the milk, still on the milk. Now, we showed you that Christ showed what? Undeserved mercy. Well, actually, all mercy is undeserved, just by definition. But we're going to show you. He was actually following the law by doing this. Let's go to James, brother. We're going to go to James. New Testament, brothers and sisters, please follow us to show you. Christ was actually following the law. James chapter 2, verse 11. James 2, verse 11. For he that said, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. Read that again. For he that said, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. <laughs> See? See? So you're bringing a sister to us about committing adultery and you're going to look to kill, which the law also say don't do. <laughs> so you're going to break the law just so you can exact judgment on somebody else. <laughs> Read that again, brother. James 2, verse 11. For he that said, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. See, so I need you to examine this, brothers and sisters. Really need you to examine this. So you have caught somebody dealing with something that Moses' law says they should be stoned for. So for you to exact that judgment, <laughs> you're going to break the law. See, and that's the problem. People think they're the most high. They think they should be judging people. You're not a judge. Okay, you're going to be judged. So if somebody get caught in adultery, well, you know what? I, I, I pray that you ask for forgiveness and you better get right because the most high going to deal with you. But I'm not going to go pick up a stone because your, your sins are scarlet like everyone else's. Read that again, brother. James 2 verse 11. For he that said, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill... Thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Judged by the law of liberty. Go to the next scripture, which is Christ was showing you the liberty within the law. Verse 13. For he shall have judgment without mercy, that hath showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. So examine that. <laughs> examine that, brothers and sisters. James highlights the importance of mercy. In keeping the spirit of the law. <laughs> See? Because why? The most high prefers when people practice mercy and not blindly follow ritual. See? So Christ was just showing the liberty within that law. He's more pleased with acts of forgiveness and kindness than strict external compliance to the law, brothers and sisters. See? Why? Because mercy gives opportunity for reformation, brothers and sisters. Which that's what it's about. 
It's not about trying to kill somebody. It's I want you to be right so the Most High don't kill you. That's what Christ was showing. Read that from the top, brother. James 2, verse 11. For he that has said, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. Now if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. See, so speak and do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Read the next scripture. For he shall have judgment without mercy, that has showed no mercy, and mercy rejoices against judgment. See, so our people have become formal and selfish, brothers and sisters. See, Christ was showing you, listen, I'm just working within the liberty that the law expresses to me. The Pharisees were not wrong about saying that the law says she should be stoned. But there's also mercy in that law. There's grace in that law, too, that our people couldn't see because it was just dealing from a carnal aspect. That's why we needed Christ, brothers and sisters. This is why we needed Christ. See? I need you to examine this, brothers and sisters. This is meat here. This is meat. And see, people who don't agree with this teaching, it's because something in their heart, they measure how righteous they are by how righteous you're not. <laughs> and that's why they don't agree. See? They're measuring themselves against you. I hear people say, well, you know, I, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm better than them. At least I'm following this. And I'm like, brother, what are you doing? You measure yourself of how righteous you are based on how many laws somebody else isn't following? Your heart is wicked. Your heart is wicked. And you better correct it before that judgment day come. Because you and all your works <laughs> will be cast into the pit. Okay, brothers and sisters? You need to have faith with those works. Let's go to Matthew 23 and 13. I know this is an extended lesson, brothers and sisters, but this is meat. We had to take our time. This lesson, you may not get it on the first time, or the second time, or the third time. Download and save this lesson, brothers and sisters. Pray on this lesson. Continue in your study. Study to show thyself approved, brothers and sisters. And at some point, once you're past the milk, you will be able to deal with this application spiritually. Matthew 23, verse 23. 13, excuse me. Matthew 23, verse 13. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Read that again. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Hypocrites! For ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves... Neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. See, so that's what Pharisees did, brothers and sisters. He's like, listen, <laughs> okay? You shut up the kingdom of heaven against men and women when you're not getting in yourself. <laughs> See, the law was given to apply it to yourself. <laughs> what our people do is they get the law and then start telling everybody else what to do. It's like, that's not why you got the law, brother. The law was given <laughs> for you to apply it. Not for you to go out on the corners and start pointing out everything that you see is wrong. Hypocrite. Because you're not following all the laws either. No man is. Read it again, brother. Matthew 23, verse 13. But woe unto you, 
scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. So examine this, brothers and sisters. Look at who's doing this. You'll see majority, over 85% of the Israelites you see out there are dealing with it in a pharisaical aspect. Just dealing with the letter of the law. They're babies. Okay? Only thing you really can receive from a lot of these Israelites is what? That they know we're Israel. <laughs> and they know the white man is the Edomites. That's about it. But you really can't... If somebody is not understanding the, the spirit of the law or with baptism, you will never be able to grow under that construct, brothers and sisters, under that uh, church. You will not be able to. The only thing you're going to be stuck with is that you're Israel in law, 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 law. And the law don't get you into heaven. Okay? Now somebody's thinking like, whoa, hold on. Law don't get me into heaven? No, it doesn't. We're going to show you. Go to Galatians 3 and 11, brother. Take your time. Galatians 3 verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the slut in the sight of God. Read that again, brother. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. No man is justified by the law in the sight of the Most High. It is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Continue. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doth doeth them shall live in them. Examine this, brothers and sisters. Righteousness doesn't come from obeying the law. It comes from within, brothers and sisters. See, honest conviction on a heart level. Read it again, brother, from the top. Galatians 3, verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the, the sight of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith, and the law is not of faith, but... The man that doeth them shall live in them. See, so brothers and sisters, there must be honest conviction on a heart level. You don't get that from the law. Because many people we just shown under the mask of godliness are hiding polluted hearts. So when Paul says no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, for it's evident that the just shall live in faith. What is Paul showing here? Paul shows that it doesn't require faith to keep law in the letter. <laughs> Anybody can compare themselves to a law and see what's allowed. Where's the faith at, brothers and sisters? See? It doesn't require <laughs> any faith to look at the law of Moses and just keep that. It requires much more to keep the law in the spirit perfectly. You need to have faith. Faith in who? Faith in Christ because Christ showed the way, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother, from the top. Galatians 3, verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident. For the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. See? So anybody can compare an action against a list of do's and don'ts and see if the action is allowed. But it requires much more to keep the law in the spirit perfectly, brothers and sisters. So this scripture is showing you it's evident to simply abide by the law does not require any faith in a savior, brothers and sisters. See? Now, listen, if you can be justified by the law, then what need is there for Christ? 
That means you're dictating where you go when you die. Not the case. That's arrogance. That's smugness. Let's go to John 4 and 24, brother. We're going to the gospel. Yeah, uh, 4 and 24, excuse me. Follow us, brothers and sisters. John 4, verse 24. God is a spirit. Read that again. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Read that again. Verse 24. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. Which shows you, you need to follow him or worship him in spirit to understand truth. The truth of the spiritual intent. Brothers and sisters. See? You must worship him in spirit and in truth. You cannot follow the law from the carnal aspect and obtain righteousness in his eyes, brothers and sisters. See? Because why? The spiritual intent for the law is to reform our hearts, not just our actions, brothers and sisters. See? So just following Moses, that changes our actions. But has it affected the heart? Not if you're just following the letter. Read that again, brother. John 4, verse 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Why is he saying this? Because intentionally following the letter of the law, but not the spirit, can be accomplished through exploiting technicalities and loopholes, which is what the uh, Pharisees were doing. Just following the letter. You know? Just following the letter. See, brothers and sisters? You must expand on that. If you're doing it for the right reason, because you actually love the Most High, you'll go beyond what's on that page. But you must understand the Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit to understand the Spirit, brothers and sisters. See? This is me, brothers and sisters. Now, we're going to go into certain topics or scriptures that you have Pharisees or people who are only dealing with the law from a carnal aspect misrepresent don't understand the spiritual significance can only follow the carnal aspect of what they're reading because why because they're a baby they're a baby they're still on the milk still on the breast and that's okay we're gonna go to exodus 20 and 8 we're gonna show you how people use this from a what carnal aspect exodus 20 verse 8 10 commandments Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy seat, thy gates. Now examine this, brothers and sisters. From the carnal aspect, people are saying, this is a day where I'm not supposed to work or spend money. I hear many people just saying that. As if the, <laughs> the Sabbath is meant for you just not to work and spend money. See, you're just dealing with the carnal aspect of the law. His intent for making the law wasn't to give you a day off. Okay? It wasn't for you to save money. <laughs> That's what people do when you're a child still. And the truth. And listen, all of us did this, brothers and sisters. When I was in my youth, I understood this same thing. 
But this was not the intent of the law for you just to say, okay, well, you know what? As long as I don't work and spend money, everything else is good. No, that's not what it was established for, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you the spiritual intent of the law if you're following it in the spirit. Okay, we're going to go to Isaiah 58 and 13. Going to the Tanakh, brothers and sisters. Isaiah 58, verse 13. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on the on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight. And do what? And call the Sabbath a delight. You're supposed to delight in the Sabbath. The holy of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing thy own ways, nor finding thy own pleasure, nor speaking thy own words. See, this is keeping the spirit of the law as God intends. This, excuse me, this principle applies to all of God's laws, brothers and sisters. See? So I know many people, they just think that the Sabbath is the day where I can't spend money and I'm not supposed to work. Yeah, that, but expand on that. It's more than just a day off from work. See? God's law is always a blessing to those who recognize the spirit of that law. Read it again, brother, please. Isaiah 58, verse 13. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord. So, call my Sabbath a delight. It should be a blessing. I know some people look at the Sabbath as oppressive. Like, man, I really want to go out, man. Really want to go buy this and buy that, man. See? So your heart hasn't changed. Read. Honorable, and shalt honor him. Not doing thine own ways. Read that part again. Not doing thine own ways. Read that part again. Not doing thine own ways. Nor finding thine own pleasures. Nor speaking thine own words. See, so examine this. This is what the intent was. Not doing what you want to do. Not doing what you like to do. That was the whole deal, brothers and sisters. See, not finding your own pleasure. Because I know many people who say, well, yeah, uh, you know, as long as I'm not spending money. Or, uh, you know, working, then, you know, everything's good. You're looking at the law from a carnal aspect, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you it was really a rest day. It was a day for rest, brothers and sisters. Go to Exodus 16 and 29, brother. We're going to show you. It was really implemented for rest. Exodus 16, verse 29. See, for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath. Therefore he give, giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Abide ye every man in his place. Do what? Abide ye every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. Read. So the people rested on the seventh day. See, that's what it's about. <laughs> it's about resting. There was a time where we really was not supposed to be out the house. Now, I understand you have grace if you have to work like that, brothers and sisters. That's what the liberty comes from, from Christ. So we're not speaking against that. But when you're off, <laughs> because I know people that, you know, I'm going to go play Xbox with my friend on a Sabbath. And it's like, brother, stay home. <laughs> okay. Because you don't have grace to go play Xbox with your friends. Okay. Many people say, well, yeah, I'm going to go out, but I'm just not going to spend no money. Listen, <laughs> the most high must be your primary focus 
on this day, brothers and sisters. The Messiah came and demonstrated how to properly understand God's law. See, so it's a day for rest. It's not about you having a day off of work. <laughs> and when it says abide ye every man in this place, a lot of our people have a problem with that. <laughs> They'll be out there just doing anything, going anywhere. Like, listen, as long as I'm not spending money, I'm good. It's like, no, you're thinking carnally. That's not the fulfillment of the Sabbath, that you can go all out in all these places as long as you're not spending money. It's a rest day, brothers and sisters. It's those who can stay home, brothers and sisters. It's the profound peace that God gives those who love and obey him regardless of circumstance. See, because a lot of our people don't have peace. Those who can't rest don't have peace, brothers and sisters. This was the most high plan to slow us down, brothers and sisters. That's why he said not to do our own pleasure, not to have our own conversation. See? I'm not hanging out with my friends on the side. I'm just not doing it. Now, I do have grace to do it if it's something special going on. Maybe a brother or my mother or somebody's from out of town or something. But I'm not making that my ritual that I'm going to go hang with my friends every Sabbath because I can't spend money. It's not your friend's day. It's the Most High's day. You could hang out with your friend every other day. See? So we're just dealing with the spiritual intent, brothers and sisters. I'm going to rest my mind, my body, right, and bask in your presence. But many of our people cannot sit still because they don't have peace. Go to Isaiah 26 and 3, brother. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Isaiah 26, verse 3. That will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusted in, in thee. See, so examine this, brothers and sisters. <laughs> those who keep their mind focused on the Most High have perfect peace. So those people who can't be still, the Bible call them busybody. You're a busybody. You can't sit still. Okay? That's If you don't have peace, if you can't sit still, it's, your focus is not on the Most High. If you don't have peace outwardly, you certainly don't have it inwardly, brothers and sisters. So in order for us to have peace, we need to have full focus of our minds on the Most High God, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. Isaiah 26, verse 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Whose what? Whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. See, many people have their mind on all this other stuff, and the Most High is last. See? Now, you have to understand that peace is a condition, brothers and sisters, of freedom from disturbance of the soul. So if you can't sit still, you can't just sit home on the Sabbath <laughs> and be quiet, you need to examine that. You have a problem. That's a spirit that will not allow you to rest. You need to fast and pray. You need to be baptized because that is a spirit, brothers and sisters. Anybody that grew up in, you know... um, the urban city, the inner city, brothers and sisters, you so you probably seen it. You know, people just walking around at nighttime, going nowhere, probably on off drugs or something. Midnight. I remember used to seeing it living on the East Coast in the major cities. People just walking, going nowhere, just can't rest. Walk up and down the street, just up and down, going nowhere. That's a spirit, brothers and sisters. We need to be able to identify that. Now. We're going to go to Mark 3 to show you that some of the liberty you have on the 
on the Sabbath. Not to do your own will, as we already saw, but to do the Most High's will, to do good, to do right. Let's go to Mark chapter 3, Joshua. This is Christ on the Sabbath. Mark 3, verse 1. And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. This is Christ. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. See, so there you go the Pharisees again. And he said unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he said unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days, or to do evil, to save life, or to kill? But they held their peace. So why? Look look at what Christ is saying. Read that again, brother. Verse 4. And he said unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days, or to do evil, to save a life, or to kill? But they held their peace. So Christ is showing you it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Brothers and sisters, if you're doing something that's good, you're doing something for the Most High on the Sabbath, then that's within the liberty that you have on the Sabbath. So I need you to examine this, brothers and sisters. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 5. And when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said unto the man. So, so look at this. It's showing you that you could be following the Sabbath, as Moses said, and have hardness in your heart. So examine this, brothers and sisters. See? This is why... <laughs> This is why we was destroyed, because, yeah, we was following the law, according to Moses, but not in the spirit. Our heart was not changed. It was still filthy. Read verse 5 again, brother. Mark 3, verse 5. And when he had looked, looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the... As the other. Read. And the Pharisees went forth. Who? And the Pharisees went forth. And straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him. How they might destroy him. See? See, brothers and sisters, those people who are saying you're not following the law, they think you should follow it. As they think you should follow it, they're coming in a pharisaical spirit, brothers and sisters. So they look to destroy Christ for doing good on the Sabbath. For healing somebody. <laughs> See Christ was doing good on the Sabbath Brothers and sisters Now the Pharisees were well known practitioners Of the letter of the law While Christ stressed the importance of the spirit of the law And that's what we're seeing here The Pharisees were brothers Who placed the letter of the law Above the spirit of the law And you cannot do so You cannot do so Brothers and sisters now they're looking to destroy Christ for healing somebody on the Sabbath. Which was the, the work of the Most High God. It's right to do good on the Sabbath. So examine this. If you, if you go out and, you know, like we go out quite frequently, brothers and sisters, on the Sabbath to go do philanthropy. Go pass out food and toiletries, razors, and stuff at the homeless shelter on Saturdays. We're doing that for the Most High. But I'm not going to my friend's house to get on um, uh, Xbox. <laughs> okay? There's a clear difference there. Okay? Now, let's go to uh, Matthew 16 and 6. 
We're almost done here, brothers and sisters. Matthew 16, verse 6. Then Christ said unto them, Take heed and beware of the, the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Examine this, brothers and sisters. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Examine this, brothers and sisters. Because why? The scribes, the Pharisees, and Sadducees were enemies to the gospel of Christ. Brothers and sisters, the leaven, their sin. Because if you deal with how they're dealing with it, it's going to lead you to hell. If you deal with the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees, you're going to hell. Read it again, brother. Matthew 16, verse 6. Then Christ said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Why is he saying this? Because they were strict and precise in smaller matters of the law, but careless and loose in the weighty matters of the law. <laughs> See? So they're sitting here talking about all this small stuff, but yet you're rejecting baptism, which is the major thing. <laughs> See? This is what Christ was saying. He's telling our people, take heed and beware of that leaven that come from Pharisees and Sadducees of becoming self-righteous and think you can get into the kingdom by following the law alone, the letter. See? That's, that's what a baby would think. Okay? You must be able to understand doctrine. You must be able to take the, the spiritual meat of the word, brothers and sisters. You must be able to mature and get past the law. I'm not saying walk away from the law, Put the law under your belt, understand it, and then expand on it on a higher level, brothers and sisters. Take heed, beware of the leaven, the sin, the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Galatians 2 and 4. Because after today's lesson, you will be able to identify these different Israelite churches that you're seeing. Who is who? Who's under what doctrine? Galatians 2, verse 4. And that because of false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privately to spy out their liberty which we have in Christ. To do what? To, who came in privately to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ. You have some that have come in privately to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ. That they might bring us into bondage. See, that they may bring us into bondage. So the, the liberty that Christ gives us, you have other people saying, well, you need to do this. You need to do that under the letter. And listen, you don't know what my liberty is. My liberty and your liberty is different. So it's best for you to deal with yourself in your house. First, brothers and sisters, you have many people out there trying to be lords over another man's house. <laughs> right? There's, a, there's uh, a sect of Israelites called the Essenes who believed that what? Believed that you couldn't use the bathroom on the Sabbath. You actually had to hold your bowels. You couldn't do number one or number two on the Sabbath. <laughs> what does that have to do with what the Most High said in Exodus 20 and 8? The Most High didn't make the Sabbath for you to have to hold your bowels. How can you study? How can you learn? How can you be comfortable and rest on the Sabbath and you're blocked up? You have Pharisees out there saying you're not supposed to have hot food on the Sabbath. And it's like, brother, what do that have to do with the Sabbath? What do that have to do with the most high? If you want to not have hot food on the Sabbath, then do that. But don't try to make it seem like we must adhere or you, you're going to impose us not having hot food on the Sabbath. 
because that have nothing to do with Christ at all. At all. Okay? You're showing your spiritual youth. They do this because why? They believe they're, they're, they're following the Sabbath on a higher level. Listen, brother, if you think you having cold cuts and salad on the Sabbath is you being on a higher level, then you're still dealing in a carnal aspect. And you're showing your, your foolishness. You're showing how silly you are. Now, I'm not saying you can't do that. You can do that. But you don't need to announce that publicly. That's something that should be private. Because the only reason you would announce that publicly is if you're trying to show people that you're self-righteous. And I hold the law on this level. See, that was Christ's problem with the Pharisees. Is that they were, they were saying things publicly that should have been private. That's your tradition, brothers and sisters. Okay? If you want to do that, you do that. But we don't need to know about it, okay? If you believe that that's keeping the Sabbath on a higher level, you shouldn't be in position to teach anyone, okay? <laughs> Imagine somebody trying to tell you what you can do in your house on the Sabbath. <laughs> like, brother, who do you think you are? Okay? You're over-righteous. You're self-righteous. And that's what happens, brothers and sisters. That's what happens. You have people coming in trying to spy out your liberty. On what you can do under Christ. If somebody want to do those things. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't try to attribute that to Christ. Or don't try to attribute that to Moses. And don't try to attribute it to the Most High. That's your tradition. Okay. You don't want to. I had one brother say. Listen. I'm not going to watch TV. I'm not even going to cut on a light. I'm going to just stand in the room. And I'm like. Okay brother. Fine. <laughs> you know what I mean. Stand in the room on the Sabbath. That's what you feel is right. But don't try to impose that on somebody else because that has nothing to do with the Sabbath. Okay? Have nothing to do with the Sabbath. Read it again, brother. Galatians 2, verse 4. And that because of false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privately to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ, that they might bring us into bondage. That they may bring us into bondage. They'll try to hold you to a level that not even the most high said in the scriptures. Because why? You'll have certain places in scripture where there is no law implemented. So then you'll have people trying to implement their own laws. And say, well, this is really what you should do to follow it on a higher level. <laughs> According to who? According to you? If a brother want to have... You know, throw some turkey bacon up and have some grits and some coffee on the Sabbath so he can get into a study. Then you having bagels and salad is not you doing it on a higher level. That's you trying to measure yourself against another brother or sister so you can seem righteous when really you're showing you're foolish. You're showing you're spiritually young. You're showing that you're still on milk. Straining at a gnat. Okay. When the Bible said kindle not a fire, kindle not a fire means ignite a fire, okay? When a man was killed in the Old Testament for doing what? For gathering sticks, that was actually work. He was outside of his house gathering up sticks and then carrying the sticks back to his house. And then it took an hour, over an hour to actually ignite a fire, okay? So the whole deal was this. You had to have the fire ignited in the wood already gathered before the Sabbath came in. So don't think that people was didn't have fire in their homes on the Sabbath. Yes, they did have it. But it had to be kindled already before the sun went down on Friday. Or else, what are we supposed to freeze to death up in the house during the wintertime? You got children, babies. 
So you have people being ignorant, having, you know, put placing themselves and their families in harm's danger because you're being ignorant of the law, thinking you're, you're following on a higher level. Like, yeah, brother, you know, you can't warm up hot water for tea on the Sabbath, brother. It's like, brother, get away from me. Get away. Okay? So we're just showing you, brothers and sisters, the things that you will run into out there as you continue to look into the Sabbath and, and not just the Sabbath, but these other Israelite churches. Okay? And so, brothers and sisters, really what we're showing you is the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. Christ brought liberty in the law. Okay, we're going to read that one more time. We're going to move on. Galatians 2, verse 4. And that because of false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privately to spy at our liberty, which we have in Christ. That we have in who? That we have in Christ. That they might bring us into bondage. See, so examine that. Christ gave us liberty. And who are you to try to put us in bondage after Christ gave us liberty? And you can't, you don't know what another brother or sister's liberty is, okay? Because everybody's liberty is not the same. See, so I need y'all to examine what you're seeing out here, brothers and sisters. To say, listen, is this a respectable place where I can grow in Christ? Where I can learn and mature spiritually, okay? Because... Once you start talking about doctrine and going into the spirit of the law, the letter of the law, now you're starting to become a full age. Therefore, you can discern good and evil, brothers and sisters. Because someone who's just pointing out all these laws, that doesn't mean they're deep. That actually means the, <laughs> the opposite. It means that the only thing they can pull out is law. If you're dealing with Moses more than you're dealing with Christ, there's a problem, Okay. We're followers of Christ, not of Moses. We're not disciples of Moses, okay? Now, we're going to give you a couple of uh, examples of how people will come in and try to spy out your liberty. We're going to use the scriptures that they use carnally and manipulate and use it un unlawfully, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Deuteronomy 22 and 5. Please follow us. Deuteronomy 22, verse 5. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. Read that again, brother. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth to a, into a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garments. For all that do so are abominations unto the Lord thy God. Now, <laughs> brothers and sisters, brothers will use this scripture here to say that a woman cannot wear pants. Okay? Now, that's nowhere in the scripture. But this is what you'll hear. And see, the same people that's pulling that are the same people that's dealing with what? The same spirit of John 8, who brought a sister before Christ, <laughs> saying she was in adultery, but there was no man there. Who wanted to just lord over other people. Because why? In Susanna, if you read the book of Susanna in the uh, Apographer, you had two brothers who spotted a sister who they wanted to lay with. And they told the sister, if you don't lay with both of us, we're going to say that we caught you committing adultery. This was our people, brothers and sisters. People that was following the Passover and all that. Using the law oppressively and unrighteously. See, so if you don't lay down with us, we're going to have you stoned before the congregation. So you'll have people who would use this scripture. Read it again, brother. 
Deuteronomy 22, verse 5. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. See, so they'll use this scripture right here and say, well, see, a woman is not supposed to wear pants. And really, you're not showing you're deep. You're, you're giving evidence of your spiritual immaturity. You're dealing with the law from a carnal elementary perspective. Because if, if hypothetically, if you're saying that this scripture is saying that a woman cannot wear any article of clothing that a man would wear, if that's the case, which you're wrong, but if that's the case, you can't stop at pants, okay? This is talking about a feminine garment <laughs> against a masculine garment. There's feminine pants out there. Is there not? And if there's, and listen, if there's no such thing as feminine pants, then we should be able to bring you some pants from Lane Bryant, brother, and, and then you put them on, and then you, uh, you know, you just go out with these pants on. Because you're saying that all pants are masculine. <laughs> See? So a sister can wear modest pants, okay? Because pants are not a man's garment. Now, if a sister come up with a, uh, you know, a, a suit or something, you know, they got those, I see women in these like suits. That's masculine. That's not, <laughs> okay? That's masculine. So it's really talking about the uh, something masculine or something feminine. Because if, if you're, if hypothetically you're saying that a woman can't wear anything that a man can wear, then let's say you're right, which you're wrong. But let's say hypothetically, it can't stop there. Can a woman wear a t-shirt? According to you, according to your understanding, a woman can't wear anything that a man wears. So can a woman wear a t-shirt? Matter of fact, let's go a step further. Can a woman wear socks? <laughs> no, according to you, she can't wear anything that a man is wearing. According to your breakdown in the scripture. So now we're telling a sister she can't wear socks. Yes, yeah, sister, you can't wear socks? <laughs> Examiners, do you really think that was the spiritual intent of this scripture? <laughs> to tell a woman she can't wear socks, a t-shirt, and some modest pants. No. This was talking about a woman wearing something masculine. Like they have these female suits, which is masculine. A sister can't come up in here with a do-rag on and a basketball, you know, and a football jersey on. Okay? So that's what this is talking about. Read it again, brother. Deuteronomy 22, verse 5. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. Now, this is talking about like a man can't come up in here with a dress on. That's a feminine garment. This is talking about the femininity and the masculinity of a piece of clothing. Why? Because if, you're, if a man is wearing a dress, he's obviously a homosexual. That's why. Look at the. Read it again, brother. Verse 5, the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garments. For all that do so are abominations unto the Lord thy God. See, that's the key. That's what lets you know what it's talking about. It says, all that do so are an abomination. What did he say was an abomination? Being a homosexual's abomination. A sister wearing some modest pants does not mean she's a homosexual. But her wearing masculine clothing does. You only see women wearing masculine garments who are homosexuals. The only man you're going to see in a dress is a homosexual. See? So that's what this is talking about. The spiritual intent of this law was against what? Transgender. See? It was against cross-dressing. This scripture is about cross-dressing. Not a sister wearing some modest pants. <laughs> but see, you want to have brothers over there who want to spy out your liberty. 
and tell another man's wife what she can put on. Listen, if it's modest, hey, listen, I, you know, if it's modest, what can, what can we say? Okay. Now, brother, not going to come over here with no stockings on or nothing like that or, or some pumps on. Okay. That's a feminine garment. So when it talks about a garment that pertains to a man, it's talking about something masculine. Not that a woman can't wear this anything that's the same as a man. Because if that's the case, a woman can't wear socks, you know, <laughs> she can't wear, you know. So that means all of our sisters that's working fast for you who have, you know, who have a, uh, a dress code of black pants, they're all wrong because they got black pants on. And our sisters that work at like Walmart and, and, and the grocery store, what are they supposed to be wearing dresses behind at serving um, McNuggets? Is a sister supposed to wear a dress to the gym? Hmm? What about when she's going on a hike? She's supposed to have a dress on, right? What about when she's out doing yard work? She should have a dress on while she's out, you know, dealing with her flower, uh, you know, planting flowers and stuff. See, you're thinking on a carnal level. That doesn't make any sense. Okay? That doesn't make any sense. A sister understand what the most high want from her. Now, if she say, listen, I only want to wear dresses, then hey, we're not saying that's wrong. But what we're saying is you don't have the right to spy on somebody's liberty unless that's your wife. Because I see a lot of our brothers out there, every sister that walk by in pants, they got to go into a, uh, you know, a <laughs> soliloquy on, you know, a woman not supposed to be wearing pants. Well, let's, guess what, brother? If you're telling this sister she shouldn't wear pants, I need you to go buy her 364 different dresses. For every day of the year, okay? And if you can't do that, <laughs> then deal with your own house, okay? Because you're dealing in the spirit of a Pharisee, okay? This scripture is not saying a woman can't wear pants because by the same logic, that means she can't wear socks either. Matter of fact, she can't wear underwears, okay? We're going to go to another scripture that they use. We're going to go to it in the Hebrew. We're going to Exodus 28, in 42, because this is another scripture they'll use, brothers and sisters. Read Exodus 28 and 42, brethren. Exodus 28, verse 42. And thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness from the loins even onto the thighs. They shall reach. So examine this. They'll use this scripture and say breeches here as pants. Is it? Let's, let's go see. Matter of fact, we have to read the scripture up, brother, to uh, get the context. Read 41. Exodus 28, verse 41. And thou shalt put them upon Aaron, thy brother. Aaron, we know who Aaron is. Who are the, who, the priest, brothers and sisters. Verse 41. And thou shalt put them upon Aaron, thy brother, and his sons with him, and shall anoint them, and consecrate them, and sanctify them. That they may minister unto me in the priest's office. Read. And thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness. From the loins even unto the thighs they shall reach. So a brother will use this. A Pharisee will use this and say, see, breeches. Aaron had on breeches and his sons. So that's for a man. Let's go and see what breeches is in the Hebrew, brothers and sisters. Hebrew number 4370. Now... This definition says, in the Strong's, it says breaches, draws. It, it literally says draws, brothers and sisters. 
underwear. So are we now saying that women can't wear underwear now too? Because men wear underwear? So now a sister got to go commando all up in her, you know. Come on, brothers and sisters. I need you to see the, you know, the elementary teachings, doctrines of people who are dealing with the law carnally. Okay? This is what we're trying to show you, brothers and sisters. Because you can't stop at the pants. They just want to use it to manipulate them how they want to. Now, if a brother have a wife or something, and he have the right to tell his wife what he would like her to wear. Doesn't mean she'll listen, but, I mean, that's your wife, brother. Okay? But you can't go tell another man's wife. You can't go tell another man's daughter that she should wear pants because you say so. Because the scriptures are not saying that. And matter of fact, brother, while you're here, if you're telling a sister she must wear pants, then I'm going to need to make sure that you're adhering to Deuteronomy 22. Because since, you, since we're all about the law here, let's go to Deuteronomy 22 and 11. Let's make sure you're doing this. Deuteronomy 22, verse 11. Thou shalt not wear a garment of diverse sorts, as of wool, woolen and linen together. Okay, so now, you know, since we're all about the law, brother, if you're telling a sister she must wear a dress at all times, then make sure you don't have mixed linen. Okay? So, matter of fact, come over and let us check your tag right now. By law, you're not supposed to wear something 20% polyester. 80% cotton. That's law. Since you want to follow law. See? Alright, brother? So unless you're following every law that there is, then you need to deal with your own home. Okay? And stop trying to make people under bondage through you. Which Christ said. They would take your liberty through Christ and put you under bondage. Okay? Read it again, brother. Deuteronomy 22, verse 11. Thou shalt not wear a garment of diverse sorts, as of woolen and linen together. So you, by law, by the same law you're claiming, Deuteronomy, same book that you're claiming, is saying a woman can't wear pants, also tell you not to wear 30% cotton, 70% silk. You can't do that. Okay? Matter of fact, read the next scripture, brother. Verse 12. Thou shalt make thee fringes upon the four quarters of thy vesture. Wherewithin thou covereth thyself. Alright, so now make sure you have fringes on every day of your life, brother. Okay? When you go to work, when you go to the gym, when you go to the basketball court, right? When you go to bed, make sure you have on fringes, okay? And if you don't, <laughs> then exactly. Exactly, because you have no business telling a woman what she can wear as long as it's modest when you don't have on the right attire. If you're dealing with the law under Moses. We understand we have grace, but under, uh, under according to what you're saying, <laughs> a sister need to wear what you tell her to wear, which is a dress, right? Well, then make sure you have fringes on, brother, every day of your life, okay? When you go to bed, when you get out the shower, okay? When you go to work, when you go to the gym, and if you don't, see? Because that's what this can turn into. When we start pointing out stuff that people aren't doing, then they can point right back to you. And now where are we? We're just standing there pointing at each other. So that wasn't the intent of the, you know, the commandments. The commandments were intended to say, listen, cross-dressing is a sin. Okay? Cross-dressing is a sin. That was the intent of that law. A man should not wear what pertain to a woman and a woman should not uh, wear what pertain to a man. Alright? 
So we need to bring this up, brothers and sisters. Now, you need to understand where liberty is in the law because we understand people can't follow this law here because we don't make our own garments anymore, okay? We understand that we can't wear fringes at all times because why? We have jobs, brothers and sisters. You have to wear what your job tell you to wear a lot of times, okay? We're not making our own garments in our own land. So you must understand where your liberty is. And your liberty is not mine. My liberty is not yours. So you can't tell somebody else where their liberty is, okay? We just teach the Bible and the doctrine of Christ. And it's not about being the fashion police, <laughs> okay? Got certain brothers out here who want to be lords over everybody's house. Now, we're going to go to another scripture. We're going to go to these same types of Pharisees will tell you, you cannot marry outside your race. Okay? You, you're going to go to hell if you marry outside your race. Okay? Let's go there. Let's go to Tobit 4 and 12. Dealing with the law carnally, once again. Dealing with the law carnally. We're going to Tobit 4 and 12. Tobit 4, verse 12. Beware of all whoredom. Read that again. Beware of all whoredom, my son, and chiefly take a wife of the seed of thy fathers. And take not a strange woman to wife, which is not of thy father's tribe. For we are the children of the prophets. Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Remember, my son... That our fathers from the beginning, even that they all married wives with their own kindred, and were blessed in their children, and their seed shall inherit the land. So I need you to examine this, brothers and sisters. <laughs> they'll tell you, listen, <laughs> only deal with your own, you know. They'll speak against anybody who's, who's married to somebody who's not looking like them, right, brothers and sisters? And listen, we're not saying that, you know. You should deal with somebody outside of your race. But what we're saying is the spiritual intent of this wasn't just about not marrying somebody outside of your race. And we're going to show you. Read that again, brother. Verse 12. Beware of all whoredom. Read that part. Beware of all whoredom. See, because they'll skip right over this. Beware of all whoredom, my son. See? So he was telling us to stay within our own tribes. Why? Because all races are worshiping a different God, especially at this time, brothers and sisters. You didn't have people who believed in Christ all over the earth like you do now. When you went into different lands, all of those same people worshiped the same gods. So before he talked about choosing, right, a wife from your own seed, he said, beware of whoredom. So the reason why he said this is because of the whoredom. Now, what whoredom is he speaking of, brothers and sisters? We have to go back into the Torah to see. Go to Exodus 34 and 15 to show you when it says whoredom. Because this wasn't just about telling you that you need to marry somebody that looked like you. That was there, but was that the spiritual intent? Let's see. Exodus 34 verse 15. Least thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they go a-whoring after their gods. And what? And they go a-whoring after their gods. See, that's what the whoredom was he was speaking of. Going after other gods. Read that again. Verse 15. Least thou make a covenant with the inhabit inhabitants of the land. And they go a-whoring after their gods. And do sacrifices on other gods. And one call thee. And thou eat of his sacrifice. Read. And thou take of their daughters unto thy sons. 
and their daughters go a-whoring after their gods, and make thy sons go a-whoring after their gods. See, so this was, this is the guideline. He was telling us to stay away from people that are serving other gods, brothers and sisters. See, but you only see the carnal part. So, under your understanding, I can date a woman that looks just like me, even if she's an atheist, even if she's a Muslim, right? Even if she's a Buddhist, even if she's a, you know, a Mormon. As long as she looks like me, <laughs> according to your doctrine, that's okay. See, that's what happens when you follow the letter of the law. Really, what he was saying was not to become unequally yoked with somebody who's not a believer. We're going to show you. This was the intent. 2 Corinthians 6 and 14. Now, I want to be clear. We're not saying, let me let the scripture speak. 14. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14. Be ye not unequal yoked together with unbelievers. Be not unequally yoked. Read it again, brother. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? See, so examine that, brothers and sisters. This was the crux of what he was saying. Don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Now, that doesn't matter if they're an Israelite or not. See? That's the part. But people will see that and say, no, well, a brother who's married to somebody of another race, they need to divorce him. It's like, brother, who are you? Okay. Who are you to tell somebody who, to, you know, who they can marry? And I, listen, I want to be clear. We're, Commandment Keepers Church is not giving license for anybody to marry whoever they want. What we're saying is it's not our position to tell you who you can make a lifelong covenant with. That's not... That's not our position. Our position is to teach the doctrine of Christ. Okay? Because you have certain people out there who want to be a lord over what decisions you make, who you take up in your house, in your bed. See? That's a Pharisee, brothers and sisters. Okay? And plus, Israel is like the sand of the sea, brothers and sisters. You can't tell who somebody is just by looking at them. There's a lot of, you know, black people who don't look black. Okay? Even some of the Ephraimites, the, his, the Hispanics, you know, the um, Puerto Ricans, they look white, some of them, brothers and sisters. And then you got some that look like they're Negroes. So you're not the authority. Listen, you, we just found out we're Israel two years ago, some of us. And now you're the authority of who people are? <laughs> okay? So now you can tell somebody that they're actually white because you say so, and you just thought you was African last year. <laughs> See? See? So now you're the authority of who people are. That's why the Bible says what? Don't trace genealogies because it, it provokes more questions. Because just because somebody looks white or whatever race doesn't mean that's what they are. Because Israel is scattered amongst the four corners of the earth. See? And, and guess what? If you're a black person... You may want to stop pushing that doctrine because you may go back and find out your great-great-granddaddy was a slave owner, a white man. See? So you better be careful. <laughs> you better be careful because you may find out that one of those slave owners got on our foremother and that's where you came from. So you might want to be careful, okay? And just deal with the doctrine of Christ. 
If somebody want to, you know, marry somebody, I don't have the right to tell them not to. And I'm definitely not going to tell them to divorce. One thing I can say, people who have come into the truth in our church and learned from us, if they were single, none of them ever went and found somebody of another race after that. Usually when you find out you're an Israelite and start following the law and the customs, you don't go look for somebody else. Now, coming into the church, we've had people come into the church who was already married. Okay? And they, you know, may have been linked with a Gentile. And we don't have the right to tell them to split up. We don't have that right, nor do we want it, brothers and sisters. Why? Because Jeremiah 15 and 11 tell you that in the days of the end, that the enemy would entreat us well. He would have the enemy look out for us. We're going to show you. Go to Jeremiah 15 and 11, brother. We've got one more scripture after that, and we're going to close out. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. Jeremiah 15, verse 11. The Lord said, Verily it shall be well with thy remnant. Verily I will cause the, the enemy to in, entreat thee well in the time of evil and in the time of affliction. See, so he said, listen, I'm going to have the Gentiles help you out during Jacob's trouble. See, I will have your enemies entreat thee well in the time of evil, in the time of affliction. See? So we don't have the right to speak against someone else. Because guess what? Abraham married an Egyptian. Moses married an Ethiopian. Boaz married Ruth, who was not an Israelite. Okay? And we could just keep going on and on. Now, we're saying that's right? No, we're not saying that. But what we're saying is, I don't know what the Most High told a man or a woman. If a woman or a man is of another race, but they're baptized... Give credence to the Israelites. Understand the Most High God. Truly. Follow holy days. Then I'm going to say you can't marry them based on what? Because you'll find people that look just like you who are not following any of that. So what he's telling you is, listen, you know, don't be unequally yoked. My, now listen, my, the way I view it, my View is what? Deal with somebody who sees things the way you see them. Because you'll have less resistance. Somebody you can identify with. Okay? Because you'll have too much back and forth, back and forth. It'll be easier for you to deal with somebody you can identify with. That's my, you know, that's my perspective. But I'm not going to act like that came out of the Bible. See, that's the difference. So... We're going to put that out there. The same people pointing to these little things don't believe in baptism. <laughs> Tell me, what's, what's your breakdown on baptism, brother? Why are you telling me about a sister wearing pants? <laughs> oh, you don't believe in baptism. Okay, shalom, brother. Shalom. Strain at a nap and ignore the weighty matters. Last scripture, we're going to Galatians 5 and 1. We're going to close out. Galatians 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, the liberty where within Christ has made us free. Read that again. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where within Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Examine that, brothers and sisters. Okay? Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where Christ has made us free. He showed us 
the spirit of the law and the liberty within that law. And we're not going to allow anybody to entangle us again with the yoke of bondage because you don't understand liberty or the spirit of the law. And I'm going to say again, we're not giving license for people to marry whoever they want. Brothers and sisters, that's not the point. What we're saying is it's not our place to tell a man who he can make a lifelong commitment to. Okay? So today's lesson, brothers and sisters, was spiritual maturation. We dealt with what? We dealt with the spirit of the law and the letter of the law. This was a, a lesson of meat, brothers and sisters, and not milk. Okay? So we're not expecting everybody to be able to um, apply this right now. Okay? So we understand that. Nevertheless, we had to put it out there because some people are already mature enough to process this information. And many people have done what? They've come into the truth and started to follow the law and then got bored with the law. They're saying, I mean, this is it? No, it's not it. That's why we brought this forth, brothers and sisters. Because just following the letter of the law is not it. And it's our prerogative as shepherds to show you what it is that will get you into the kingdom and what won't. And the letter of the law alone will not, brothers and sisters. Spiritual maturation. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.